now, live from the Blind Ninja Studios in Western Wisconsin, a show with no purpose, hosted by experts at drinking, and they're almost definitely wearing pants. It's time for the Department of Offense. Welcome to episode 182 of the Department of Defense. I'm your host, Casey. Joining me as always is Carlos. Yeah, I'm here. And Pete. Yep. And Jen. Hey. And are, are you on the show? Okay, all right. And Mike. Hi. <laughs> and a new Matt. Hello. <laughs> we have a full studio today uh, because, well, we are doing something that I'm going to say is unprecedented. It may have happened before, but I'm not aware of it, so it doesn't actually matter. Uh, we are doing a, verti- a four-year vertical of Pitchfork's Vanilla Rose, and we have Mike along for the ride because, uh, in his own words, nobody invites him to these damn things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should probably explain what a vertical is because not everybody knows. Yes, so a vertical is where you have the same beer made year after year, uh, and you taste uh, the different version. Like, so you you reach you know, in the fourth year that it's been done, and you taste like this year's and then the previous three years. Plus, we have the base beer and an unblended version, but we'll get into that in just a little bit here. Uh, before we go too deep, I want to give a shout-out to our patrons, specifically our Zach Belt patron, Zach Zablowski. Uh, if you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. Uh, if you're going to do any Amazon shopping for Christmas, because apparently that's right around the corner. I have to do all of my shopping on Monday, because I forgot. Uh, make sure you head on over to blindnewsstudios.com and click on our... Uh, Amazon link first, then go do all your Amazon shopping because then I get money to buy Christmas presents with. So just do that before <laughs> Monday, guys. Just hurry up on that because I'm broke. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Carlos, what have you been up to this week? I have not pl- done too much. Play well, I guess little... two weeks because we didn't have a show last yeah, week. Yeah, we did not. I played some video games and read some Read a little bit. Not, I did not get a whole lot accomplished in my last two weeks. Yeah, no, uh, no, like real exciting news or anything. I mean, I <laughs> don't important have... in your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as of uh, this morning, I don't have a job anymore. So, I mean, congratulations. Yes. <laughs> now, I, like, I don't know what it's going to be like since I don't have something to like schedule myself by. Except, I guess maybe I'll just to having like the sun be a schedule, be awake during the day and be asleep at night. I don't know. Is that a thing that people do? Yeah, sleep at uh, night. yeah. Sleep at night. Like when it when the sun goes down, that is bedtime. Okay, uh. so about five o'clock. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I should be asleep right now. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, you should. I don't know what you're doing. All awake. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Pete, what have you been up to since oh. the last time we had a show? Oh, uh, you know, I was in Florida. Oh yeah, what you were you doing in Florida? For oh, work, shit, work trip. Had a lot of beer there. World of beers is pretty cool. A lot of beers. Yeah, oh, dropped a uh, I dropped a Jenga block. Uh, stack on my head oh yeah you did uh two by four jenga blocks they were up on a table and i was going for the bottom one and then there's a slow-mo video out there of this happening and i was like oh no (laughs) they all landed on my head i was dazed for a few minutes you should have like moved one of the ones on the other side so it fell on somebody else well carlos this was we were real drunk and (laughs) this was like it was precarious i don't even know how it made it that far yeah, I don't know. Nobody wanted to lose is the thing. Yeah. So. so did it knock any sense into you? or No. Still no, I just kept drinking. <laughs> I just kept drinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it didn't really change a whole lot. <laughs> well, that's about it for me. Right. Not much else, really. Uh, Jen, what have you been up to since the last time you've been on? I don't remember when that was. 
Um, what beer? Did you, we no, that was our anniversary show at the beginning of November. Uh, when we had, oh, uh, we went for two and a half hours or two two hours and ten minutes or whatever, and we had like six different beers that we tried. Yeah. Um. Not much. Just working. I had five animals at my house while you guys were in Florida. Oh, that's right. So. Did Tuffy yeah. live through it? Tuffy lived through it. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. Barely made it. Yeah. There's this. Uh, our coworker has a really codependent dog. Just ridiculously codependent. Like, yeah. he was in the office without without the coworker for one day, and he just like moped the entire day. So I was curious to see if he was actually going to live through a weekend. Yeah, he survived <laughs> at our house. Well, that's good. <laughs> Maybe because there was other dogs. I don't know. Yeah. Mike, we'll get into what you've been up to in the last three years since the last time you were on <laughs> in a bit here. And Matt's never been on. Matt, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself? And oh, well, I uh, work up at Pitchfork with Mike. And, All right. Uh, yeah, I, I happen to be the guy with the uh, fork team. That's how he got an invite. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. All right. Uh, and then, yeah, I was in Florida all week. That is what I, that's where I was. Uh, why that's aren't why you there tan? Was, what? Why aren't you tan? Because I was in a developer's conference, so we hid from the sun all day, and then we just went out drinking at night. So, typical uh, nerds. Right. Get inside uh, all day from <laughs> yep. the sun. Yeah. Uh, though I did, I did learn a few things. Uh, first thing I learned was apparently U.S. KFC sucks ass. Um, according to this U.K. guy I met, he's like, yeah, I went to KFC, and they didn't have anything good. There was no French fries. There are no, like, chicken burgers. <laughs> I'm like, that is not KFC. You go to KFC for fried chicken and mashed potatoes. Now, wait a second there. Did you explain to them that they might have that sandwich that you have the chicken as the bun and you have some, like, Yeah, no, I was like, I was like yeah. have you ever had a double down? And he was like, Gross. that sounds terrible. I'm like, well, you're right. <laughs> uh, and then they also have really tiny shrimp there because we, we went out for seafood one night, and he couldn't get over how big the shrimp were, and they were just normal-sized shrimp. Like, we got some, like, bang-bang shrimp, so just normal-sized shrimp. But apparently, all they get in the U.K. are these little tiny, like... like popcorn shrimp? Yeah. No, not even popcorn shrimp. Like, like the tiny, um... Like, you wouldn't even know if it was a shrimp unless Plankton. somebody told you. Yeah. It was basically <laughs> what whales eat. <laughs> and so, yeah. Uh, that Those are the two things I learned. And then I saw this thing about HoloLens, which is, like, this mixed-reality HMD... Um, there's a few really good videos out there about it. I highly recommend you watch them. Uh, it's pretty much the future. Basically, uh, it com continuously maps the room in 3D, and you can just place like holograms and applications in the virtual or like in real space. And so, like he was walking around, and he was like putting like uh, there was a dog walking around a, a table, and there was like a tiger like under a table, and he'd like peek under the table, and there would be a tiger there. And I don't know, it was really cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, oh, Oculus Touch was the other thing. Uh, got that yesterday, um, and I was playing around with it. Really adds to the VR experience. But you hadn't used a VR headset before, right? I had, but not like with controllers, right? Okay. What did you think of it? Because that's what I really want to know. I thought it was great. I was really immersed, like um, that that shooter. I mean, you couldn't like run around because you're kind of in one spot. But you could like duck behind where you are, and you had like maybe like five feet to move around. Like, if somebody's shooting at you, you know, you put your head down and your head goes down. It's crazy. It's just yeah. weird. Well, at one point, I was, like, army crawling across the floor with a sniper. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever have nausea, nausea issues? Um, I did it first, uh, especially with seated VR. Um, if you're – if something 
like gets out of sync and you're moving, then you get nausea pretty bad. Uh, I didn't have any once I started using the motion controllers because your hands are there too and you can actually move around the room. And so it's like a one-to-one uh, movement ratio. And so your brain's able to deal with that a little bit better. Yeah, I was well. like, I was really surprised. Like when I was using it uh, last night, like I like my hands in the game, in like the game, and then like I like the sliver between like uh, the headset, and my uh, yeah, my cheek. Like I could see like it, like a, my arm actually led right up to those hands. Yeah, like. yeah, and it's really and the way um, the thing I like about uh, the Rift uh, touch controllers over the Vive is they have like some rudimentary finger tracking. So, like, you can give somebody a thumbs up, and you can point at something and stuff like that. Unfortunately, you can't give anybody the finger yet. I'm I waiting tried. for that. <laughs> I definitely tried. I, w- I was trying real hard today uh, when I was playing Job Simulator. This robot kept asking for stuff, and I was like, you need to stop. Like, which combination of buttons do I press for this? Because <laughs> there were a bunch of buttons. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, so you tried the uh, the spellcasting one, Yeah, right? I did. Yeah. So he was a wizard for a while. Yeah, that was cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't. I kept forgetting what I was how, like. What I had to press to do stuff. So I was like, "Oh dear!" Now I'm just doing. I'm just p- doing things with my fingers, and like <laughs> nothing was happening. Yeah, no. So I, I don't know. I've now that I've used touch uh, fairly extensively, I think VR has a lot more promise than I did before, just as a headset. Mm-hmm. But once you start adding in like the movement stuff, I think it's a lot cooler. But yeah, so we should probably start talking about this beer because that's what everybody wants to I'm hear about. I'm just looking right? at it like I know, right? Come on, fuck. Um, so Shut the up. the show's the show's going to be a little different today. Uh, if you're if you're a regular listener, um, you know that usually we talk about a beer and then we go to the news and then we have a discussion topic. But instead, we're going to kind of do a discussion with a beer tasting in between because we have so many different beers to try. And we have, uh, you know, the mind behind all those beers here, so we should probably make use of that instead of just reading something <laughs> off the internet and being like, "Sounds good." <laughs> so, uh, would, should I just give a basic like overview of the process? Of, yeah. So, um, so what the vanilla rose uh, porter actually is, it's a uh, it's a high gravity English porter that is fermented out. Um, fermented out with uh strains and actually there is there was a strain switch uh in the you know over the process of the years but um uh so high high gravity english porter fermented out for about two and a half weeks um and then at that point i take a trappist high gravity yeast and brew up another small batch of the initial uh the initial beer um and then blend it with uh 30 pounds of local honey and then get that uh trappist high gravity yeast going once it hits about high horizon, pitch it back into the base of the beer. Um, and then that way it helps keep a little bit of that honey uh, honey character uh, alive in it, less CO2 scrub uh, throughout it. Uh, gets, gets that Trappist high gravity yeast going and then it'll, it'll finish drying out the beer, uh, bringing the final gravity down real nice. And then, uh, so that takes, that's almost a six week process because the honey's not real broken down. Um, in that process, so it takes a while for that to ferment, ferment out, and then it goes into four roses, bourbon barrels. That's where the rose part comes from, um, and then uh, with uh, six vanilla beans um, initially, because I got really, really big fat and uh, vanilla beans, and then every other one be- beyond the thirteen is seven uh, vanilla beans, and it stays in the barrel for about five weeks. So All right, that's kind of the. A brief overview of it. It's okay. a lot of work. Uh, it sounds like it's it. It's generally three months from you know start to finish. 
Uh, everything's hand bottled, so we, you know, hand scrub, hand bottle, label. It's about 12, 13 hours just to Jesus. bottle and bottle and wax and label. So. And uh, so, what's the biggest batch you've done? Uh, of of this initially, uh, the first two years uh, were done in a single barrel, and that was just uh, fifty five gallons that we released in uh, bottles. Um, the problem was the second year we only had one hundred and sixty five bottles available, and they were gone in under forty minutes. So uh, pretty much after we processed the line, I know Matt worked that day and said they had about twelve bottles or something left after. Oh, after wow. the line was processed uh so the last two years so the 15 and 16 we've done uh, 110 gallons um got a new round of barrels and then uh put those in there and we've got one of them that we've got today um in the growlers that we'll be tasting is a unblended version of it the two barrels that we got even though they're both uh same barrels uh same time it was uh ended up um having different barrel character. There, there was a lot more char in one uh, than there was in the other and that kind of thing. So there's a fair amount of inconsistency in the barrels. The The first one, first year, I got barrel character off of it right away and uh, noticed that it took a, took a lot longer for the second round of barrels we got from Four Roses. Okay, so there's some barrel inconsistency yeah, in here yeah, as well yeah. that you have to deal with. Yep, and so the, you know, so the 16... Uh, the 16 is blended back in, and so that's in the bottle from those two barrels, but we do have that one growler of one that's not blended. Yeah, I'm really excited to try that because, yeah, I, I really like this year's. Um, I mean, last year's was lots of vanilla, like almost like overpowering vanilla, and this year like a lot more barrel came through, and so it was it was fun to see that difference. Yeah, I, I and I've had – had the 13 and 14 not that long ago jeff uh my assistant brewer brought in those and uh we we shared those and they were you know i i preferred the 13 to the 14 but well now uh, now we're all gonna be like yeah yeah right. no the 13 was better but yeah it was just uh you know see what see what they taste like all now. right yeah so i guess should we Start trying some of these. Like, should we start with thirteen? Well, I mean, what has Pitchfork been think? up to the last couple of days, a uh, year since uh, being on the show? Oh, uh, you know, quite a bit. I mean, I I think when we originally started, we started with uh, seven fermenters that were left. We're at ten fermenters now. Oh wow! Uh, full capacity in, um, you know, in the in the unit that we're in. Um, you know, we hired Jeff. We hired Mike, who's going off to start Swinging Bridge here. So this is his last day at the tap yeah i saw today. the uh, i saw the post yeah so that's exciting for him he'll you know get to get to start and sounds like we'll probably have a line at his establishment oh, there, nice. so that'll be nice um we're going to be distributing into minnesota um probably halfway through january that is oh, major wow. news i'm yeah. pretty sure last time you were on you're like we're never gonna do that well the Olifant kind of blazed the trail with it. We uh, we talked to the you know the powers that be in Minnesota and were pretty much shot down, which was uh, what happened to a lot of people. And Olifant uh, got an attorney and pushed the issue. And instead of being extravagant amounts of money, we can do it for a reasonable price that oh, wow. makes sense. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so we're gonna you know we're gonna see how it goes. And I've got three more fermenters that are at home sitting in my garage that I can't fit in. So. You know, hopefully if that Minnesota distribution takes off a little bit, we'll knock down the wall and take the next phase. 
that'll be amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I mean, we've got a few. So what, when you're looking at Minnesota expansion, are you looking at, like, Stillwater, St. Paul, Minneapolis? Uh, yeah, like... we were kind of thinking, wood, like, Woodbury and closer. You okay. Kind of kind of keep the same circumference that we d- that we cover in Wisconsin, but then just kind of on the Minnesota side. Oh, nice. So I just kind of close. And... Yeah. And, I mean, you know, we want to draw people to the tap room to come experience, you know, uh, all the beers that we have. So, you know, if we can kind of get some teasers over there and get people so to So is it just going to be kegs? And like restaurants um, and stuff, or we'll what? We'll probably do. We can do growlers and liquor stores also. So we'll probably see about that. Um, you know, we also are. We we've talked about a crawler machine also, because that would work nice in liquor stores. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We uh, you know, we got prodded uh on a couple of fermenters. Oh yeah. About eighteen months ago, and it looks like we're gonna get our money. Oh, um, that's awesome. The uh, yeah, shout out to the the uh, the St. Craig County Sheriff's Department. They did a bang up job, uh, and they utilized every avenue to try to uh, try to track. People I don't think down. Matt could have come in any louder. Sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they caught the they caught the guys, and they're uh, bringing in uh, the family paid the restitution. So we're gonna get like our seven thousand dollars back. So that's gonna be awesome. There's a folding chair there if you want that or that chair. I got your beers over here, which is why I was. Okay, no, that yeah, works. Yeah, move Oh, we got to pass all the beers again. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of work. Well, we're going to get them mixed oh, up here. All my beers are over here. No, 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 no. I said all your beers were over here. Oh. That's why I was really confused why you decided to go over there. That's fine. So you're going to be sharing with Pete then. Okay. Sorry. That's fine. It says something on here, but cover it up. Yeah. So. <laughs> Pete, just make sure you can share your microphone with Matt, and we'll be okay. I'll yell. <laughs> <laughs> what? Get Nancy for beer. Over oh, I know, there. I know. I, I've already started. Hey, I've already started. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are waiting for. All right. So, yeah, let's let's dive right into 13 here. Um, so, this is the first year that you've done it. Yeah. Uh, uh, fun fact, the last time you were on the show was November 16th, 2013. So, about the time that this beer released... Uh, give or take a few weeks. Um, and that was 134 episodes ago, so that's a fun yeah. tidbit of like information yeah. for listeners. Um, if you want to go find if you want to go find that episode, it's uh, 48. It's on like uh, if you it's on like page eight on our on our website uh, if you want to go listen to that or just keep scrolling on iTunes. Um, and then if you listen real close, every member of BNS had to go take a pee at some point during the interview. And so there was a lot of, your turn to be the host. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, has anybody tried thirteen yet? Oh yeah. yeah. Who yeah. wants to sh- wants to share a an opinion on it? I'm I'm getting a fair amount of uh, kind of deep fruit, you know, characteristic on it, and a uh, little bit of uh, you know astringency in the mouthfeel that you know might be from the char of the barrel. I'm getting a little, you know, fair amount of silkiness too with that, which would be from the char, also. Okay. Um, don't get much vanilla in it. Yeah, the vanilla's uh, dropped, out. dropped yeah. out quite a bit, but it's very tasty. Um, very smooth. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I get barrel and like velvet. I get chocolate. Yeah, chocolatey. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, I get that too. You almost don't even feel it on your tongue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just feel it. It's got that so silky. Mm-hmm. 
But I mean, and when it was poured, I mean, it had a, you know, nice big frothy, you know, root beer like head on it, you know. Yeah, no, like the the head on this was was awesome, and it stuck around for a while too, which yeah. was impressive, especially for a beer that's eight and a half percent. Like yeah. usually, the higher the ABV, the faster the, drops, your yeah. head dissipation is. How much yeah. does the ABV go up over three years, Chris? Uh, not you're not going to see much change in the ABV. I mean, even if you have a tiny bit, of, you know, none of these gushed when we opened them or anything like that. I mean, you know, this is the one with the highest amount of carbonation and stuff like that. I mean. You would get a lot of bottle activity if uh, if that yeast started to bring things down in the bottle any further. Yeah. Uh, anybody else want to share anything about thirteen? That was damn good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It's really good. Like, I mean, if you had more than one bottle of thirteen left at your house, it'd be really easy to let Open. throw Just this one back. Yeah. It's, mellow, it it's mellowed out so yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's when I when we had tasted it before with. Jeff, when he brought him up, I was, you know, I was amazed because I, I had held one back for six months, and I'm not a big bottle stasher, you know, and I was impressed at how much it had turned. But he, even in the process, like, because you, you go from that, you've got that heavy amount of honey secondary fermentation, so you have a lot of that raw alcohol characteristic, you know, before it goes into the barrel and stuff, and, man, it really starts to smooth out super fast. All right. So uh, before we go on to the next one, you you guys have done how many how many events have you done now? Like what do you, bottle release events? No, not not bottle. Like uh, sorry, like, going going back to Pitchfork itself. Uh, you guys do like the Spring Fest and the Fall Fest. So you've done our harvest seven, fest, our nine, harvest nine. fests are now nine four. Okay. Of those, and then um, I think that's the only glass we're missing three, is the first harvest. I fest think glass. three. Um, Three anniversaries, three spring. Yeah, I think so. Ten. Yeah, yeah. So, how have you seen those change since since the first one you did the first year, and then? Um, you know, I, I, a lot of it depends on weather. It's really hard to like dictate because some are, you know, <laughs> we we can't. We try to get it right, but uh, it's difficult. Like glass count, you know, you go based on. Definitely, people have figured out how to presale for the events, and mm -hmm. so. That's kind of uh, made a you know made a difference on it, and but a lot of it turns out to be weather, you know, and it seems like the crappier the weather is, sometimes the more people it brings. I was just gonna say that I think it's the opposite of what you might expect. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Even for like Spring Fest, where it's fifty degrees out and windy and raining, and we had more people there than we had for the uh, Harvest Fest this year, which was seventy degrees and gorgeous. Right. I think wow. people find other stuff to do. You know, oh, okay. don't want to waste the day. I don't. I I don't understand that. I'm pretty sure we've That's been at. That's not wasting the day. <laughs> no. Right. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, just the, on the production. We go and we know. play beanbags. Gosh darn it! Right. <laughs> I remember, like, cause it was uh, really chilly that uh, spring fest, and it's like, you know, I should just keep drinking till I'm not cold anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I approve that. That, that, that works and well for us. And there's root beer floats with the best root beer in the entire world. <laughs> Pitchfork root beer. Yeah. Wait, they actually do root beer floats at the fest? Yeah. Thanks a lot for that. <laughs> I mean, don't go buy any of Mike's root beer. He hates making it. <laughs> I do. That is the running theme of root beer at, yeah. at Pitchfork. But it's so good. Like, Mike sells a growler with a scowl Maybe on his face. Maybe you should make it taste terrible then. <laughs> right. right? Well, we, we started doing uh, When I first did it, we, you know, it's complimentary for, you know, sober Sober drivers and kids and that kind of thing, and it, uh, you know, we just wanted to have it on hand for 
you know, something. So I started with five gallons a week and then it was 10 gallons a week. And then, you know, then I started making it, you know, every other week in, you know, larger containers. And now I'm making five to seven kegs of it at a time because I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> you created a monster. Right. I, yeah. I, I do not enjoy the root beer process. Yeah, but that's what you Wait, have uh, system brewers for, right? I told you I'd right? come make the root beer as long as I got, f- like, to drink it and have free root beer. No, you already get free, free root keg. beer. Right. Why would you go work for it? <laughs> it's meant like a, like a free keg. Well, I mean. Yeah, we can work that out. I, I, actually, I'm pretty sure okay. I've, I've, I've been at the bar when Mike is like, that seems fair. When are you coming? And you're like. He never oh, tells no. me after that. Because <laughs> I dread it up He never the, says, hey, come on this day at like, this we're time. We're going to run out. I have to make it again. <laughs> he never tells me when to show up. Uh, it seems like you should take the initiative and be like, I'm going to make root beer this day. Just knock on the door I have day. this. Mike, are you making yeah. root beer? <laughs> Tell me, you have this day available, and I will order all the stuff and be there. Yep. <laughs> That's what okay. I have to do with trivia. I have to, like, all right, Mike, I think we should do this day. Does that work? Sure, why not? <laughs> right, write it on the calendar and we go. Uh, what about, so you guys also do, like, the anniversary parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and that's all uh, you guys you guys do something cool like bring your own glass and i like seeing all the old pitchfork glasses around especially cuz some of them you guys uh, make bigger than others and yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I i like the harvest fest one this year i mean the nice dimpled that, that, the dimpled one yeah, yeah it's yeah. on the table yeah i love those but uh but yeah we try to switch them up every year and that kind of thing and the the anniversary ones always fun cuz we feed you and so oh yeah well, there was one year Carlos just kept getting back in line for. Nobody was getting in line oh, that for. That was it. embarrassing. Nobody else was. Eat- there was a giant, a whole hog there. I mean, they could have kept going in line for it, like nobody was. Yeah, there was. Uh, that hog was obnoxiously huge. <laughs> it was. I, I, I had to like force its head in to get the roaster shut on it, and we started 24 hours ahead of time, and we were still scrambling to get it done. And I'm out there, and it just stormed all night, so it's pouring rain and crap, and I'm like, oh, this sucks. And you had food for two Packer games after that. Right, so. yeah, that was <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, I just do shoulders now. Oh, right? okay. I did, uh, did like 100 and I think it was 109 or 118, one of, one of those two numbers worth of shoulders pounds this year and that worked out much easier awesome yeah it's not yeah, so instead of trying to do an entire hog yeah it's not so devastating. though watching uh watching who there was there was one couple that was just going down on the head of the the hog oh, and yeah. i'm like they're eating the eyes and i'm yeah. like allison and cody <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh they were talking up face meat quite a bit uh, yeah well they can have it right yeah. <laughs> i will take the good meat Right. You can have the face meat. I'm yeah. finding you meat. I just don't want staring back at me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want my I don't want my steak to look like a cow. Like, let's keep drinking. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's go on to 14. It all gets real quiet. And we'll have a nice smell and taste. So I'm just gonna keep this going and talk about it for a bit. It'll be really exciting. Ooh, we're tasting. We're tasting. <laughs> We're tasting, guys. Still a nice silky mouthfeel on it. Not as uh, not as deep in the fruit characteristic. I don't feel as the first one was. Um, the nose is very different than thirteen. Uh-huh. Yeah, like thirteen, I get a lot of barrel and bourbon. 
trying to decide what that well, different flavor is on the back of my tongue. Well, and I'll tell you what, that the, the first barrel that we got was a lot stronger in characteristic than any of the barrels that we've gotten since. Okay. Um, yeah, so that doesn't this doesn't surprise me that I'm getting that character yeah. out of there. This one has a lot of roast and dark fruit. Mm-hmm. Like, not quite as, like, that milk chocolate that I got from the yeah, first I, one. Yeah, I think that that roasted flavor is what I'm getting more of than the first one. Mm-hmm. Use those barrels once or twice? Uh, twice? We can use them up to four times. As and how many times do you use them? Uh, well, I'm making a table out of this this barrel. Uh, oh yeah, right a cribbage now. table. Yeah. Where is that, uh, by the way? That was supposed to be done a month. It ago. went from cribbage table to gaming table. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, so you nerds can have your <laughs> tabletop day. <laughs> you <on>. nerds. <laughs> how do you really feel? <laughs> It'll be nice when it's done. I, I've actually got uh, I've got some cool table plans coming up. I've got uh, one of our customers, Al, is, is uh, gifting me two large antique uh, wagon wheels. And so I'm picking up a welder. I'm going to try to weld um, to a – I've got an old antique uh, all-steel pitchfork. So I want to um, – weld some appendages off there and then do plexiglass on the top and then i figured i'd take the other barrel build a base for it and then use that other wagon wheel as a top for that one. Oh, that'll be really cool yeah well, they should be kind of cool those gonna looking. go in the uh, the new expanded tap room you know that's uh i tend to collect things and work on things so if we do decide to ever pull that trigger it'll be a fast thing yeah you know so over the uh the past few years is has there been like a favorite beer that you've done I mean, you well, bounce, like, what I love about your brewery is you bounce around styles so much. Yeah. I mean, I, I the Munich Dunkel is always, you know, is yeah. always my, mm. I mean, I'm just a lager guy in general, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, that's that's always, you know, one of the favorite ones that I do. But, I mean, the, you know, I don't know. There's there's quite a few of them that I really like that get back to. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying something new. Um First batch just recently went in, so there's a farmer and maltster um, all-in-one from North Dakota, and they're called Two-Track. Uh, so it's rare to find a maltster and, a, you know, the farmer and the maltster actually handling the malting part of it. Um, so I just made – they've got a Europ- European genetic-style grain, so it was real nice big kernels. And then I've got um, uh, St. Croix Valley Hop Farm grows Zots, and they look fantastic, which I rarely see – well-grown domestic zats so i'm trying to make a hybrid european style uh pilsner with all domestic ingredients locally oh wow locally done so and i bought a bunch of it so i'm gonna the first <laughs> the first run of it uh went in i've got kind of high hopes for that for having a you know kind of a new new pilsner so do you still do pilot batches at all or is it um, just kind of go for it and i just go for it i mean yeah. it's you know I had 350, you know, recipes before I started this. And, like, I feel like my experimentation, you know, part is over of, like, you know, yeah. I, if I'm going to miss, it's not going to be by far, you know. and But I still tweak the beers. I mean, I, I'm still – I still subtly dial things in, you know, with them because it's – if there's something I'm – you know that's annoying me or yeah. picking up something I'll are you are you worried going into minnesota that you're gonna have to uh like focus more on 
consistency in keeping certain recipes the same every time or not really? You know, I, uh, that's, that's a good question. It's been brought up to me a couple of times. Um, I don't boast consistency. I boast good beer, you know, and the, the one problem, is way more important than the other. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if I don't like it, we're not going to serve it. And the, the, you know, the issue with consistency, you know, and I'm sure the same goes for Oliphant and, you know, and there's other breweries, but we have no control panel. It's just, you know, direct fire, mash pedals and thermometers, you know, plus the generations of yeast and all of those kinds of things. The hop crop from year to year. I mean, there's just so many variables that go into it that, you know, it doesn't make any sense to boast consistency. It, you know, and that's like when I do the tours and stuff, I try to explain that to people that if you look at this, there's going to be inconsistencies. You know, you've got human error behind, you know, behind a lot of it, but it's, uh, you know, start with the base base ingredients and, you and know, go from there. Yeah. All right. So let's look at 15. Uh, everyone can try that. Uh, Some people already. Yeah, no, I did too. <laughs> uh, so the first thing I noticed, like, so last year when 15 was fresh, just vanilla was like the primary uh, character here. And there's oh. still some vanilla there, but it's dropped out a lot. Mm-hmm. There's more than the, the other two, though. The beer has yeah. mellowed yeah. out a little bit, too, mm-hmm. even just after a year. Yeah, no, it's a lot. Um, yeah, no, the, the vanilla is still there, but it's dropped back a bunch. But I'm still not picking up a whole lot of barrel character. I get a little bit of it, but it's uh, it's also a lot drier, mm-hmm. um, you know, than the other ones. And that's where the, that's where the yeast change came in. Oh, okay. You know, so, so you it, swapped. it okay. jumped a percent ABV. Uh, just due to the yeast change, um, and then, yeah, it's uh, drier on the back end yeah. of it, which um, I would expect. Yeah, but no, but it's it's a massive leap between thirteen and fourteen to fifteen. I think mm-hmm. yeah. like it it almost tastes like a new beer. Yeah, it's a bit sweeter, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That might be a little more of the vanilla coming through too. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't have that roast yeah. to quite balance mm-hmm. it out. Yeah, almost a little more complexity too in the, you know, in the middle of the beer. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, it's mellowed out a lot since last year, and those other flavors are finally starting to come through instead of just vanilla. Right. So don't get me wrong. I love the vanilla bomb. It was. I love vanilla. That's not, <laughs> it that's was like, great. That's my, not to bring up your root beer uh, again. We, <laughs> <laughs> we should just, we should get you a shirt, Jen, that says, it, that says uh, Pitchfork Root Beer Evangelist. Okay, they have I Heart Pitchfork Root Beer shirts. Kelsey bought one on Thursday, and they have them in adults. I plan on getting one. Uh, Why would you make yeah. those shirts? I, I, that, that literally was I, not his department. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was Sarah. Sarah, just I was gonna me say Sarah eye. must yeah. have ordered the oh, yeah. adult sizes and didn't tell you because yeah, right. they have adult mediums. Yeah. Uh, um, but the the vanilla flavor in his root beer is so awesome. So that's why I loved the vanilla in the 15. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea that those, <laughs> just, that those shirts were ever those shirts were ever coming and sarah's like look what i got well, see, I Mike, like, oh my God, no all you have to me? do is you have to put it in an order that says i'm going on vacation says sarah like right <laughs> my, your daughter would be devastated if you quit making those things so would my son <laughs> <laughs> you have people relying on you to right. make group apparently <laughs> he's like damn it i'm a brewer i want to make beer so, Mike, what do you have coming up beer-wise for winter, the winter season? Uh, we've got uh, the – we'll have the cheer again. Um, so we've got that. That's going right now. We've um, 
I've got some big beers. I've got uh, barley wine in, Doppelbox Ooh. about to go in. You Putting know, the that, barley wine in some of the barrels? You know, or? I was thinking that I should because I, I've got, you know, I've, I can do it both ways. I've got, uh, I could barrel age some of it and then release the rest of it, you know, without the barrel. Um, split it up because I got one ten of it, so. Yeah. Yeah. Barrel age it. Barrel age the crap out of it. <laughs> <laughs> time getting into barley wines that's one thing i haven't been able to i yeah. used to not like sours and now i love sours and i'm still working on the barley wines yeah you, you know let them warm let them warm a little bit and you know just nice snifter and yeah they're you'll you'll get there <laughs> <laughs> something you gotta build up towards yeah, we've got I, we've got quite a few you know uh, different things coming out on the you know coming out on the horizon. Is so rocket fuel on again? Rocket fuel, um, it will it'll be back on again pretty quick. Um, that is, uh, we when we had the festivals, we have to do you know we had to pull some beers off of there. So I took rocket fuel because it was you know it's finally actually tasting now the way that I wanted it to taste. And Rocket Fuel is a triple? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So With Belgian uh, triple. Yeah, a lot of honey, a lot of orange peel, uh, uh, double pitch in the yeast, so it's a Belgian white strain uh, initially, and then the Trappist High Gravity to finish it. Um, yeah, 9.8%. And six, six months on, it's like, yes. Yeah, it, and, and it was, and that's how it got the name Rocket Fuel. I'm like, we shouldn't serve this. It still tastes like Rocket Fuel. And uh, and Sarah was passing it out to customers. They're like, "I love it. We want it." And you know, damn she's customers. Like, We're serving it, and so they're the worst. We served it to my kicking and screaming. But then, so we had a little bit of a uh, little bit of a run of it earlier, and then I've got like four kegs sitting in the back. Oh, nice. So was yeah. Was that the beer? I mean, maybe you won't remember, but you didn't want to put a beer on, and then Sarah's husband was like, "No, this is great. Like, let's." Let's have like let's try it and you put it on and everybody loved it. Was that Rocket Fuel? Yeah, that was that was Rocket Fuel. And then uh Steve Dross, the our 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 local sheriff who comes in, loved it, sent me emails. Every single credit card slip he signed was <laughs> you know, more rocket fuel. Uh just <laughs> like <laughs> there was borderline stalking to that deal, so it was uh but yeah, it was it was good humor, so I just finally came back on so he's excited we had it in growlers too for a while we will again so he picked up some of those so okay do you have a lot of people like that hold on to growlers for a while i know you were saying Mm -hmm. you had some like barrel age stuff it it, that people would hold it held on to in growlers do you feel okay with that like i do okay um how do how do those turn out yeah the 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 process in which we uh my biggest concern about uh, growlers are IPAs, the people holding on to those. Um, the main reason I say, you know, uh, try to drink them within 30 days of the time that they're packaged up, you know, or you, or you buy them is mostly for IPAs. I'm worried about people holding on to, you know, like there was people boasting that they're, you know, aging hop slam. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> why would you, you do that? You shouldn't you do that. Acquired yeah. taste. Right. And Our so regular listeners know how we feel about that. Right. <laughs> like, and who so ages IPAs? Right. Like, this and is more so, than a week old. But, but uh, Wait, I drink <laughs> you know, I, my dad, for instance, you know, buys, he doesn't come down very often, so, but he'll get 18 growlers, you know, bring them up and he'll, he'll crack one a week or save some for special occasions. And carbonation wise, you know, 
they they hold I, up. I, yeah, I don't. I'm not worried about it. If you ever have a flat growler, you know, come back. We'll make it right. Well, and but, you guys purge your growlers yeah, too, yeah, which is huge. Yeah. I don't know if really anybody else in the area is doing There's that. There's some of them like that you are put air into now. it before I you fill yeah, it. Yeah, you put CO2 yeah. into oh, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Oliphant does. Okay. Oh, with their crawlers? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, but otherwise, most most. Yeah, no, most plate. Yeah, most breweries where you bring in your own glass, they don't. They yeah. just well, they don't wash them half the time either. <laughs> you know, right? Uh, there's, I mean, you know, we when you bring them in, we you know clean, sanitize, purge, and fill, and guarantee minimum thirty days unopened. You know, um, and even beyond that, carbonation wise, I'd stand behind it. I mean, it's, it's. Uh, I think I've had eight so far and it's always been a nick from the bottle washer mm. in the back that is you know taking a little chip out of the glass since the it didn't seal yep and we didn't see it so oh wow that's yeah that's really good yeah. then only eight yeah we have s- now we have six thousand five hundred growlers in circulation yeah. so uh we should probably dive into like 16 six. because i know these two over here already have um <laughs> Uh, but while while we're doing, <laughs> uh, well while we're doing uh, sixteen, uh, we also have uh, one labeled N and one labeled U. Uh, N is the non-barrel aged version, and U is the unblended version. So just uh, it's all the same beer, just in different uh, states. So, so for the non-barrel aged, uh, that's available at the tap room uh, right now as this is going on. Um, so people can buy ten ounce glasses. All right, of field it. trip after the show. Right. <laughs> I mean, he was lo- we're we're lucky enough that Mike brought some, so because I'm not going to be in any condition to do a field trip. <laughs> yeah, it, I figured it'd be interesting at least to you know taste it, you know, up to the, you know, the base beer kind of and prior to blending. I just loved sixteen so much. I did too. I drank a lot of it. Yeah. More than I probably um, should have. So what was the main difference between 15 and 16, or was there really not? Um, the I'd, Procedural-wise, uh, the little bit of difference was um, how the honey was split um, into two fermenters. I let that go uh, a little longer than I did before. Um, the first two, the first two years that I did it... Um, the the our technique of adding the honey was uh just barely getting it started and putting it in there now i'm waiting till high horizon because i didn't see things take off right away um the stuff was separated a little bit um in between for the honey that's that's really the only difference um difference that we did between those two otherwise it's the same barrels second usage so does aging, you know, like when you talked about that, like astringent on your tongue, does that uh-huh. come from the aging or is that? That's uh, that's that's a char from the barrel usually. Yeah, because I don't like compared to like 14 and 15, there's yep. like hardly any of that. And in I 16. think I think that's more uh, that's more from the difference in the character of the barrels. Those the first two years was that uh, really, really charred, uh, charred barrel with the where it picked up more character faster, and I don't, I don't know if something, you know, if it changes there or what. But my barrels seemed a lot different when I got the second round of them for Pearl, Four Roses, so I don't know. I, 
you know, you hate to speculate, but I'm thinking, are they speeding something up? You know, that kind of thing. I mean, I thought 16 was great, though. I I love 16. 16 was, I like the blended version of 16. The unblended, there's there's too much astringency. That was the. So much roast. That was the more char of the, out of the two barrels. So do you want a barrel to be more charred or? You know, I think it depends on how it's going to lend to the beer. I mean, I, I like the char. I like the mouthfeel of it, you know, that, that mm-hmm. comes from the char. I like the I like the little bit of roast that kind of pulls off of there, too. Um, you know, on the flip side of that, more raw barrel instead of char, you're going to have more tannins, you mm-hmm. know, that you're going to pull straight from the wood and stuff that creates a little more of that tart. And then you're going to you get know. a real big headache after you have seven of them. So right. <laughs> and then you're just gonna, <laughs> That might be the ABV. You're, ju- you're just going to really hate manure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The picture of Casey on his living room floor. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's about where Wait. I made it that night. Wait, did somebody actually take a picture of that? That's uh, a good idea. He was there. Maybe I did. <laughs> maybe he didn't. We'll never know. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So trying them um, uh, side by side, the the base beer is really good. I really like the base beer, um, but it has it, it's almost too sweet. But Imperial Porter that you're gonna barrel age. That makes right. sense. Um, and then the unblended version, just it, it goes too far to the other end. It's super bitter uh, with all the, that barrel character and all those tannins. Uh, it's super roast. Yep. Uh, we have we have growlers of them, Matt, if you want some. He still needs um, a blended one. Okay. He needs a, uh, oh, uh, will you pour one of those yeah. for him, Jen? I don't remember which one's which. Or you could try this one. Yeah, I'll, I'll just uh, take a sip. Okay, well. never mind. We're good. Don't worry about it. Uh, and then... Uh, the the 16 um i really like it i think man i i'm trying to figure out which one i like the best and that's that's a real hard um, thing about for of, me all it's of all of these you mean yeah for me it's of, 15, of, of, of the four and of the four like 13 through 16 oh, 14 for me 14. I, I really like 14. 14 was really good i like 13 yeah i'm a 13 yeah i'm between too. 13 and 16 they're, they're both I so th- silky yeah. smooth it's just i think right. i don't i think 13 and 16 are they're similar to me as far as the mouthfeel and Mm. Yeah, um, and it's hard to say if the complexity uh, is going to go back to thirteen. Is, like, shit, is going to go. You know, it's going to pick up. I'd give you somebody so young <laughs> compared to the rest of them too. So it's so you said fifteen and sixteen are the same ones that's aged a year, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I definitely like the fifteen more than the sixteen. I don't know. I feel it has a bit more of a boozy characteristic to the sixteen, and that kind of dropped out in that fifteen. Sure. That fifteen's nice though, but fourteen definitely my favorite. Yeah. yeah. I thought the 15 had a little more vanilla than the rest. Yep, yeah, yep. Uh, and that's too. what I think that's because yeah, 15 has a bit, lot more yeah. vanilla than yeah. everything else. I think like if we even gave a year it on, a year or two more, I think it'd be. I'm just I'm I'm really happy on the way that these you know the mm-hmm. the 13 and the 14 are still oh. you know aged out real nice you know. Yeah. Too bad there's not more bottle right. out there that uh, we can. Damn you, Mike Frisk. <laughs> if only. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I. All right, back to 13. He's, he's hoarding them. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, then, uh, then in a few years we can do like an eight year. We'll just have to just give him sure just a fun. Make sure he's there. Right. Yep. We won't have any more. No. Yeah. <laughs> that thirteen is pretty nice after you go back to it and drink it. Yeah, yeah no, the thirteen, the thirteen is really good. Uh, man, I gotta go he's with thirteen being better. All though, over here. What? Oh, he's doing his own blend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after drinking that sixteen and now going back to that thirteen, it just all 
calm and flavorful stuff. It was right. really nice. Yeah, it's uh, it was very very a lot of flavors going on when we first tried it. I don't think we've sh- you know gotten rid of all of the you know high alcohol booziness in the front of the sixteen to really mm-hmm. like yeah because like once it dies out to the back, a lot of those flavors come mm-hmm. out in the beer. You know, so it's like it's one of those things where you put it on tap and people are. Oh, I really like it. I really like it, you know. And I'm like, yeah, I like it too, but it gets a lot better in yeah. six months. But I, you know? I didn't think sixteen or three was years. that boozy. Like that's why that day, I oh. had like three of them, and I was like, <laughs> they oh, were, no big deal. They were going down <laughs> way too <laughs> yeah, easy. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Every every year, it's like. I don't know, it's but there have been other like the past years where, you know, like fourteen and fifteen to me were a little had more boozy than thirteen and sixteen. I mean. Because yeah. 16 this year, we were sitting there like, this is nothing. Right. <laughs> but, last, but last year, I remember it not being able to drink as many. Yeah. So. Well, sure. the problem, la- uh, I think, with 15 was there was so much vanilla and so much sweetness right off the bat. And it was boozy, which, I mean, it was good. But it was one of those where you're like, okay, I've had two. I should Throw probably switch to something else to just well, relieve yeah. my palate for a minute. Well, that right. it's noon. When you have them, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't understand. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> right. well, for me, it's like, yeah. That's never stopped Casey before. <laughs> no, it hasn't. <laughs> no, I, it I'm hasn't. changing mine to 13 being my favorite. Yeah, I am yeah. too. Now if that I, I go more, back I to might. 13. <laughs> though, wait, hang on. Let me try 14 again. That's what I just did. The, the 13. Yeah. 14's still good, but the 13. Damn you, silky smoothness. Right. You're like a pillow on my palate. It's like you're drinking an actual ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 13 is stupid. Yeah I, yeah, I guess I have to. Fucking A. God damn it, 13. Probably the last time I'll ever have that stupid beer. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid I'm mad at it now. You're welcome. You You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't have that. One. What? No, that oh, was that was Jen. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. No, it was Wait, like Jen. That had... was mine. Can I just get a tiny little taste? <laughs> Somebody here. I, I would have, but I just downed it. I'm I waited sorry. in line. For well, that I for like 10 I minutes. had it in our basement, and I thought it was 14. And I sent well, I a message too. to Mike, and I was like, "Hey, here's what I have," and he's like, "Uh, I think that's 13." And I was like, "Oh." <laughs> well, and so I had the one, and I thought it was 13 and found out it was 14, which, you know. Well, I mean, still, still we did need 14, need so. it, so. But it's no 13. It's no 13. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just, I was more astounded that we hadn't drank it. So. <laughs> well, I was surprised, like, but yeah, that, you guys. that 14 was good luck for us. I don't know if anybody remembers that Packer game last year. Rogers to Rogers, Hail Mary. Oh, yeah. I had oh, just yeah. finished off that bottle of 14. He dropped it in my memory, so I don't know. <laughs> Quiet over there, Vikings fans. <laughs> I had, like, just taken my last sip of the 14 as Rodgers threw that ball. Nice. And I told Mike the next mm. week, I was like, we won that game because of this beer. <laughs> I still have the bottle because it's Well, that was when the guy brushed up against his face mask and they got that call. Yeah, that was pretty. <laughs> that, was, that was that call, wasn't it? Yes. Uh-huh. Roughing the passer. Quiet, quiet down, you. <laughs> <laughs> you blew on him. Yeah, like, careful now. So I'm I'm really worried about next year. We're all talking about how good these beers are. There's actually going to be a fucking line outside. I'm not going to be able to sit next door and drink until noon and then come <laughs> up, <laughs> go get my two bottles. Well, we got Fran- Your two bottles. Frank will be out there. I'm sure. Well, of course At Frank eight. will be out there. <laughs> right. Frisk will be second. And right. <laughs> 
I'm fine with ten. I'm That's sure okay. He was right. eight. He was there at eight o'clock, and I drove by at nine thirty. Yeah, he was still yeah, yeah. there. He sent I, me a message with his showing that he was first with his hand on the door at like eight oh five. I talked to him when he was about six pours in. <laughs> so could he, he talk he kissed, then? He kissed or? me. He so kissed that. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> the police no. <laughs> it was all good I, I i thought it was coming i thought it was coming. yeah if, if everyone wants to go to a really good bottle release uh don't go to vanilla rose just stay away or maybe just go there an hour later yeah, just, or, just an hour later talk yeah. about <laughs> crap don't go i like that uh frank's wife came and got his car and his keys <laughs> and brought him a bagel a bagel would have been real we uh pete and i went and got chinese food oh, because did, yeah. we needed it <laughs> but oh man that was a, that yeah, was a bagels are great with beer <laughs> bagels and beer that sounds good actually you want some bagels now so what, what does the n stand for on this one uh, uh non uh non-blended no, no non-barrel aged non-barrel aged non oh, we did, we did non-barrel aged yeah. and okay. unblended Gotcha. I should have done B for base beer because that would have made way more sense. Yeah. And I've been kicking myself the, ever since I labeled it. the base them. beer? Uh, the you is the base beer. Oh, you is the base, you is the base, base beer. beer. So no barrel character to it at all. No mm. no vanilla. That's just a, you know, we've got a, that's what's on at the tap room right now. It's just a un, uh, just a, a imperial honey porter, essentially oh. English honey porter. So, yeah, and it, I mean. So the U is the honey porter. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's, I mean, the base beer is really good. And you can, I like that, I like that we have the base beer because you can pick that up throughout all of them. Right. Because uh, I feel like that recipe hasn't changed a whole lot. No, it really hasn't. I mean, the, you know, aside from just some subtle things, you know, I mean, the yeast was the biggest change, obviously, but everything mm -hmm. else has stayed pretty, you know, pretty the same for starting it. A little technique difference, but that's about it. All right. Well, Mike, is there any other pitchfork stuff you'd like to talk about before we wrap up the beer segment here and continue to drink beer but just not talk about it so think much? So I think I covered covered all your all your yeah. bases. Let's see. All right. So, how long have you guys been open now? Uh, three and a half years. Three and a half years. Okay. We signed um, another lease. Uh, a lease, ex you know, for another three. So we're oh, nice. be knocking down that wall in the next three yeah, years. We'll yeah, we'll see. Oh, you, you guys know. should do like a Gorbachev thing. We are. And be like, <laughs> tear down that wall. Mr. Fredrickson, tear, tear down, down that, that wall. wall. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we cash grow people. So it's it's all on. We don't we don't even have business credit cards. So we just operate. That's on, amazing. Uh, you know, that's and that's how we all want to do it. So yeah. it's. We're not in any rush. Um, you know. How has your staff grown in the past three years? Because uh, when it started, it was just the four of you, right? Yeah, and uh, well, Mike's leaving, so he was our second employee, and so we'll be back down to back down to Jeff, and we'll we're gonna see what what happens. I'm anticipating having to hire somebody, um, you know, especially with Sarah focusing more on distribution. That's on the Minnesota side and stuff. You know, she handles a lot of a lot of the growling and all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, in the tap room, and I. I foresee her not being able to do all of that stuff and us having to pick it up, mm -hmm. you know, so. Um, and then all your tap room staff is volunteer? Uh, they're, uh, I think actually we're going to be hiring all of them. Oh, awesome. Um, as in making them legitimate employees. 
that is good news for them. Yeah, I mean, it's not... Yeah, with me. Right. <laughs> Matt's well, like, this is the first I've heard of it. What kind of benefits do I get? you need right, another right. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, uh, you know, uh, and that part's been good. I mean, I'd, I mean, you've been with us since day one. I mean, and, the, and that's, uh, with all of our volunteers, it's been, they've been fantastic for us. I mean, just solid, reliable, you know, good people representing the beer well, you know, so it's kicks ass. Yeah. Well, you guys have a great taproom atmosphere. That's what I, like, you go in and you feel, like, even if, like, I see people come in for the first time and they're helped right away and stuff like that. And us mm-hmm. regulars, we have to wait for our beers. And <laughs> <laughs> Swept under the rug. <laughs> Only have four hours to sit oh, here. Oh, yeah. I had, like, I had to wait three minutes for a beer. Yeah. Get your own. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's really exciting news, though, that you're bringing on all these employees. That's awesome, especially with just three years of growth. Yeah, no, it's 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 been good. I mean, we've seen we've seen steady growth throughout the entire three years. You know, I mean, really, I mean, can't really ask yeah, for much more than that. You know, it's it's been good. Uh, still doing most of the business out of the tap room. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, uh, accounts of you know distribution accounts have went up and people are start they're taking more and more of our beer you know at the same time there's a struggle with the you know uh, distributors putting a bars and stuff under contract you know so it's hard to get those lines um you know like barker's really only has two that they can operate with and stuff like that so and there's you know the new places like smiling moose and all those, they're all under contract, so we can't even get on tap on those. I feel like I see you guys at Postmark a lot, though. It seems mm-hmm. like they always have. And yep. so whenever I go there, I usually try to get a pitchfork that. beer. So. Yeah. No, they, there's, yeah, there's a lot, of, you know, Seasons, Cozy, you know, Barker's, you know, the Nova, obviously. I mean, yeah. you know, he Stone, buys a lot of Stone beer. Stone Tap, too. Yeah, Stone Tap is, uh, you know, for... They've uh, they've turned somebody over to doing the um, uh, Wednesday, you know, the Wisconsin Wednesdays and stuff like that. So they've <laughs> they've been bringing in our beer for a lot of that. We've been selling a ton of beer out of there lately, and uh, they said that we were outselling every Wisconsin beer three to one. On, oh wow! On the Wisconsin Wednesdays, yeah. so that's pretty. Cool. Yeah, I feel like either where all those spotted cow drinkers go. If, you're not, <laughs> if you guys aren't I on Nova, you're on in their growler filling line right. too. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, he's generally ordering, you know, two to three kegs from us at a time. And I like his strategy. He generally waits till I don't know if it's coincidental or not. I think not, but waits till we're out of that beer and then puts it on. Terrell is a very strategic planner (laughs) with his kegs. Like, there's a system. Trust me. (laughs) You can see the pappy. Well, uh, dude, I saw the fifty dollars for somebody was sending me text messages all week, like just pictures of pappy. Like, hey, I sold four pappies that night. I had zero pappies that night. I was like, wow. I just think the chalkboard's impressive when you walk in there and you're like, wow, there's a lot of beers for (laughs) growlers. Yeah, no, I I guess I'm I'm the the bad one here because anytime anytime I go out to a bar and I'm like oh, I see pitchfork and I'm like I should have a pitchfork but I can just go out to pitchfork and get a pitchfork. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes sometimes like you said you'll go to a restaurant and they'll have a pitchfork 
on that you really like that they ran out of at the tap room. Yeah, but and when I see like, that, I'm hey, like, well, wait a second. That. What did they replace that with? <laughs> <laughs> the worst is when they're like, they came up and they're like, I just had this at Barker's. I want a growler of it. And I'm like, uh, I haven't had that for two and a half weeks. You know? <laughs> so you had the old one. Yeah. You want the new one? Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, so uh, where can people find you online or elsewhere um if they want to learn more facebook? yeah facebook i mean doing doing my tour is a good way to oh when's see your tour about uh sundays at two o'clock unless there's a packer game okay then no 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 deal then no uh, tour <laughs> well i'll do it at four o'clock uh during halftime uh, he's yeah, like probably, we're gonna do yeah. this real quick guys. probably not this sunday <laughs> yeah probably not this sunday uh yeah that's uh during Packer season, it's, okay. those are tough at 2 o'clock. Yeah. And you guys are uh, just off of exit 2? 4. four, four. Yep. Exit 4. Just off of exit 4 in Hudson. Yeah, right um, next to Batty Ryan's. Yeah. Uh, any events coming up that you want to talk about? Mm, we'll just have – I mean, we'll have the cheer. We'll be doing that. Yeah, when um, is that? Uh, I don't know yet. It's, it's in. It's coming. Isn't it this month? Yeah. It's, it's usually right before it's, Christmas, it's, which means it's in the next two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> And, and everybody always gives me hell for saying that. When's that coming out? Two weeks? <laughs> I don't know. Sarah kind of decides the tap line rotation. Right. And so I know when it's going to be kegged. When's it going to be kegged? But uh, it, it'll be two weeks. Are okay. you doing a bottle release of the cheer um, or no? I'm not sure yet. Okay. The, so uh, if it is a bottle release, would it probably be like January then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I would guess so. That's, yeah. All right. Sarah's department, sort of. <laughs> I was going to say, I think we're asking right. the wrong guy uh-huh. for the, like, social media. Right. Well, yeah, but he's here, so I have to. I'd give you all Sarah's card. I'm actually fresh out. <laughs> I love that, like, I'll ask a question and just hand me Sarah's card. <laughs> I love doing that. She does not care for that as much. Well, she's probably listening right now. Yeah, maybe. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess that wraps up our discussion topic, which means it's time for doing the news. And now the Department of Defense presents news with Casey. That's me. (laughs) Beer is a good time as it is, but what if it was also glow in the dark? It would be awesome. It would be totally awesome. Former, former NASA biologist Josiah uh, Zayner made this awesome, awesomeness a reality by launching a kit that lets homebrewers craft beverages that glow. Kainer kissed, uh, uh, kissed a job in, in synthetic biology goodbye to launch the Odin, a company devoted to increasing the accessibility of science and technology research. With the Odin, Zayner has created kits for curious minds to conduct their own science experiments, one of which is for bioluminescent beer. The bright green coloring is ridiculously intriguing in its own right, but there's something even more fascinating about it. It's from a jellyfish gene. Sorry, Carlos. Uh, According to the kit's guide, a plasmid DNA was added to the yeast uh, Saccharomyces uh, cerevisiae. Is that it, Mike? Uh, yes. Second part of sa- okay. <laughs> yep. See, I, I just remember Saccharomyces, yeah, it's, and I'm good. I, it's, it's almost like, I always pronounce it Cervasia. Cervasia, okay. Just because of the, yeah, that Cervasia. Spelling. Yeah. yeah, for beer, that works. Yeah. Uh, so that it turns uh, to a fluorescent green color. 
So when you use this fluorescent yeast in a batch of homebrew, it'll glow under a uh, black light. The fluorescent yeast kit retails for $199, which seems like a lot uh-huh. for for glow-in-the-dark yeast. Then again, it's genetically modified to dark yeast, so maybe. Boy, it only glows in black light? Yeah, but it turns bright green. Now, for same raves. question. Wait if I drink enough of this of beer like that, would my urine do that? Ooh, probably not. Well, then I don't care about it. But did you ever see, uh, was it Glow Honey, the, honey, I, hun, honey We Shrunk Ourselves? <laughs> or was it Honey We Shrunk the Kids when he <laughs> drank the glow-in-the-dark stuff and his stomach glowed? I don't know if that was from that movie, man. It was from that movie, <laughs> man. It? One of those two. Okay. I don't know. I remember that scene, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody remembers the scene because he had the big beer gut and it glowed. And that's what I want to happen. Like, I just want to lift up my shirt. And they just have a glow-in-the-dark <laughs> belly. <laughs> Fireball is less of a whiskey and more of a complete and total mistake 98% of the time. That said, the creators of the cinnamon-flavored alcohol have taken the drink to a new level and are now selling it in a giant box. If you've ever had Fireball, you're either really excited about this or trying not to gag. The Firebox, as it's called, is three and a half liters of Fireball and two one and a half seven liter pouches that you can snag at places like Bevmo for thirty nine ninety nine, which is honestly pretty much a bargain. Also, you can put it in a backpack and take that to class instead of a box of wine. You know that sounds oh, like a good box. plan. <laughs> can you take it on the road with you too? I don't see why not. It's in a box. Like, oh yeah, you're, it's not you're safe. <laughs> it's not glass. You can you take mad, it to the right? beach? Like, just fireball in a straw? That, that sounds terrible. Don't do that. Just don't no, that do that. That sounds really bad. Yes, it does. Wait, N is non-barrel aged. All right. I know. It's, it's hard. No, it's, I just it's asked not him what blended. you was. <laughs> I'm saving 13 and 14 until the end. Wait, which one did we bring? 13. 13. 13. And did, did we have two of those or just one? So after just the one. after we just the had one podcast, we have to try. We have to drink cheer. Yeah, we have to drink cheer after the yeah, podcast. Yeah. Poor guys that are listening that don't get to hear us talk about it. Honey, we shrunk ourselves. But yeah, yeah, that's the one oh. where. Uh, yeah, because it the was the stupid guy. one. Oh, it was the parents one. There's right. the parents yeah, one. Stupid. I really liked the scene uh, where they were on in like the the Hot Wheels thing, and like the one person was like, "I brought the orthodontra band so we can." Uh, strap ourselves in and like seat belts. I'm like, it's a Hot Wheels car. You don't get a seat belt in a Hot Wheels car. Why did you? <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. And a, uh, a suspected thief in California was recently caught in a stinky trap after he picked the wrong house to steal from. The crappy situation played out like this Mike Zaramba of Riverside was dismayed after three packages were stolen from outside the, f- the front door of his home. Zaramba wanted revenge, so he and his best friend brewed up a real stinky idea. I'm expecting some packages from USPS and UPS, but there have been a lot of package thefts lately. So tomorrow, I'm going to package up a box full of uh, dog dung and leave it on my front porch. I'm going to have a camera rolling, so if I catch the thief, he can turn the footage into news. Uh, Zaramba waited until his wife held a birthday party for their great Dane. First of all, who the hell holds a birthday party for their dog? They don't uh, know. I would. The um, same people that package poop. Of fucking course you what would. What constitutes a party then? Because <laughs> I 
getting cake and singing happy birthday. Dude, you could <laughs> say the same thing about people's children. That's right. Who holds a birthday party for their kids? Your they don't little, know any better. Your one-year-old doesn't know what's going on. What's the difference? Right, that birthday don't. party is for the parents. Because <laughs> they can't Trust afford me, to buy Trust me, most of the parents toys. don't want to be there. <laughs> no, you're right. They don't. That's <laughs> <laughs> for the grandparents. <laughs> the parents are just wishing they could get drunk. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, there's a birthday party for the Great Dane, and they collected the piles of poop left by the nine dogs in attendance. So this was not just a birthday party for the dog, but they brought all the dog's friends over because apparently dogs, dogs, have friends. Friends. dogs have friends too, man. I don't feel like they do. You were not prepared well, to read neighbor this. Neighbor Gilly, the Gilly dog over there. Yep, but Lucy loves him. Exactly. Dude, Tuffy has friends now. Tuffy, Tuffy <laughs> doesn't have friends. Tuffy like, sounds like not like tough. Isn't that accurate? accurate? What? Oh no, Tuffy sounds not really not tough. tough. He's not. That's he's a Shih Tzu. No, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a pansy. Okay. <laughs> I, know sh- I have a lasso off so Shih Tzu, so I know the type. <laughs> All right. Uh, he neatly packaged the turds and left them in a box on his front porch. A video surveillance camera rolled as the man, identified by police as 39-year-old Daniel Aldama, wheeled up on a bike and relieved Zaramba of his special package. Using the tape as evidence, Ronald Newton of the Riverside Police Department reportedly tracked it down the alleged turd burglar. And took him into custody. Uh, he dropped it as soon as he found out. Newton said he didn't want nothing to do with it. I wouldn't either. It's a box of poo. <laughs> also, I wouldn't be a 40-year-old man riding around on a bicycle stealing boxes in front of people's houses. Like, I feel yeah. you have a bigger issue there Are than a box of Yeah, I mean, at least get a fucking van. <laughs> right? Are you 40 yet? No. You don't know then. <laughs> There's still time. <laughs> it's not even 30 yet. Right. Not right. I shouldn't cast stones. Uh, this battle between uh, rutting moose in western Alaska was frozen in time. Two bulls were locking antlers over a female when they tumbled into the frigid po- into frigid pond water near uh, Unalakli. Uh, on the Bering Sea coast and drowned, one, science, one scientist suggested. As water temperatures plummeted, it appears the pond froze around the entangled duo. Uh, it's unclear exactly when the fatal flight took pl- fatal fight took place, but the pair remained preserved until November 2nd, when middle school science teacher Brad Webster and a friend identified only as Chris spotted antlers poking through the ice as they walked around the grounds of a rural Bible camp where Webster volunteers. It was very. It was a very interesting experience. Webster said, "We are both kind of in awe. I've heard of other animals that this has happened to, but I've never seen anything like this." Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what were you talking about? I don't know anymore. I am completely distracted. Anybody uh, need a plate? Something about news. Uh, moose. Yeah, Antlers connected to oh, each I other. Yeah. All right. Uh. Webster returned to the scene the following week with uh, Bering Strait School District Student Activities Director Jeff Erickson, who took photographs of the entombed animals and posted the images to Facebook. Uh, the men returned uh, with some friends to recover the two moose last week. The animals' heads were will be cleaned uh, up and bleached and mounted for display at the Bible camp, which Webster helps maintain. This is actually a really cool photo to see because all you could see above the frozen water was two pairs of antlers like locked together. And the moose were just like, well, I guess we're dead now. Like, <laughs> how, how quickly would they have like had to have froze? Actually, you I know? read about this, that apparently it happens a lot of the time where um, they'll actually get stuck together and one of them will die. And like, so the other one, one of them will like have to drag, drag them around. around. Mm. And like, they think that's what happened. And uh, 
that uh, the one that was dragging the dead body around just drowned in the river. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah, that's like that's I don't morbid. Know. Just a little bit. Way to bring it down, <laughs> Carlos. Jeez, I thought it was very interesting. <laughs> well, uh, if you brought it down, I'm gonna bring it down any farther. Or even farther, aviator, engineer, astronaut, and American hero John Glenn passed away uh, this week on January 3rd at the age of 95. Uh, John Glenn was the first American to orbit the Earth in 1962. He did so aboard the Mercury capsule, uh, Friendship 7, and he orbited the Earth three times during the nearly five-hour-long mission. So, yeah, an American hero uh, passed away this week, which is kind of the The capsule? Yeah, they had one at Kennedy. Yeah. I like how uh, a president had or- had to make an order to NASA that he could not go to the moon, right? Otherwise, he was gonna go. Oh yeah, like, uh, but like they he would have walked there. But the uh, he the who was the president? Was it Kennedy at the time? Yeah, that decided that mm-hmm. decided that like it'd be too big of a blow against the NASA program if they lost John Glenn uh, trying to go to the moon. Yeah, so they sent Armstrong and Aldrin instead. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> needs them. <laughs> And whoever that third person was that was just going around the moon. Nobody remembers Shepard. Because <laughs> <laughs> he just, he did he got none of the glory. Like, he was the only reason they made it back home. Oh, yeah. But nobody remembers his name. Like, eh, he's probably okay. <laughs> All right. I always think the most impressive thing is that he went back into space and he was like 70 years old. Oh, yeah. yeah. 78. Yeah, the oldest. years yeah. old. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Just insane. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, I want to give a big shout-out to uh, Mike and Pitchfork for joining us today. Thank you. And uh, to Matt and Jen and Pete for bringing the beers that we weren't able to obtain on our own. Uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnewstudios.com, or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewstudios. You can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week.